Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only podcast where if it's Munkin', let it mellow, and if it's Funkin', flush it down. I'm on your co-host, Jay Christie. Joining as always by Andre Breyer. Andre, how are you? Uh, hey, Jake. Uh, it's good to be back. You know, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. I was out of town for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Went to a music festival. Took a COVID test upon getting back, and turns out, much like uh, Boris in Goldeneye, I'm invincible! That's honestly a great reference. Um, I, I know that my brain's broken, because if I was going to try to tape Invincible, I would somehow say, I'm Mark Wahlberg in that one movie. But, um, yeah. which I don't know why I saw that. There's so many great movies I haven't seen, but when I was like... The types of movies that my parents decided to like get on Netflix back when they, we still got it via the mail, were just some of the most the biggest garbage in the world. Like, no... And it, you ever th- notice how, like, this is going to be so rude, but how normal people just have no way of discerning whether, like, that they don't know the telltale signs of a movie that's not good? You know what I mean? Um, you might want to rephrase normal people, but, well, like, no, like, you okay, know, people your who are average, not, your average. No, no, I mean, like, people, I mean, as a, in a good thing, people who are not don't have their brains broken by being too into movies and stuff. Where it's like, okay. anytime someone's like, oh, I'm really excited for this movie, and they show the trailer, and it's like, January 10th, it's like, how do you not know that if movies in January is bad? Like I, I just don't know. Like that's just the thing the, I've known the, forever. The the three thirty five or the three fifty five or what was that? The all like n- no disrespect to women, but like did you not see this? Oh film? yeah, yeah, yeah. The three five five. Yeah. I was like, yeah. how do you not know? It's like if a movie is starring that many famous people and it's directed by like a legitimate director. Tate Taylor is like a director who's made films that he made the help. You know what I mean? Which is a big movie. I thought that was Simon Kinberg. Oh, not Simon Kinberg. Sorry, I'm thinking of the other movie that Ava, which is the one he made, that also came out in January. That was bad. Um, okay. It's Jessica Chastain in action movies. Also, I mean, Simon Kinberg, he's also a bad director. Why? I, yeah, that's a huge great example. They're like, oh my god, this can be so good. It's like, no, if it was good, an action movie starring a big ensemble cast, if it's good, it doesn't come out in January. <laughs> like, it just, it just Listen, doesn't. I'm just, glad, I'm just glad I got you right now. Yeah, you did. I, I confused <laughs> the two movies in which uh, Jessica Chastain plays a spy uh, in the last couple of years. Um, anyway, uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about an alarm going off. Mr. Monk goes camping, alarm goes off. He goes into his closet, he looks at his uniform, and he sees a note on the wall. And it's like a note that kids would get from their moms when they packed school lunch. Um, and it says, remember to smile. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's got all these notes. Yeah, as he goes along, uh, oh yeah, so then he moves on to like the next section, I guess the next part of his wardrobe, or just another part, and it says, but not too much. Mm-hmm. So it's basically this whole thing, and it's the, the whole intro part he doesn't say a word he's just going around from his house uh finding different notes of affirmation um and advice and uh yeah it sounds like he and he's like dusting off his police uniform so we know where this is going right yeah and then he you know he he gets all these notes be yourself etc etc he enters the office police office he goes into a hearing room and we see that the hearing is not until like one and he's there at like nine in the morning um yeah because of course he is um and, of course, no one else has to use that room until then. No, it's just a great use of public property, um, you know. Because, as you know, San Francisco is a place with a lot of space that none of it... Like, there's not a space crisis in San Francisco or anything like that. You can just waste the space like that. Right, 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 right. And so uh, we then go to, go to the theme song, come back, and uh, the, the tribunal is there. And uh, they say, are you been waiting for a long time? And what does he say? Uh, he's been waiting for 11 years. Uh, or is, yeah, 11 years, because yeah. I guess three years before the show started, he... Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. they talk about how, like, they're very appreciative of the work he's done, um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, the two people on the ends are very complimentary. One of them, in fact, even knows Nevin Bell. 
Yes, and uh, they know he's a good doctor. And uh, but he's not the good doctor. That's Freddie Highmore. Right. Um, and yeah, Monk kind of uh, he reads it and he says he's about to say yeah he's a good psych uh, doctor because uh, mm-hmm. you know he doesn't want to make allusions to his uh, treatment. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, by the good use of the word illusions, um, I, I, I I always whenever I hear that word I always think of the bit in uh, Arrested Development where. Uh, ben Stiller's character, I forget his name, what's the, his magician character, is doing a magic DVD, and he wants to call it Use Your Illusion, but they got a cease and desist from Guns N' Roses, so it's a Use Your Illusion with an A, and he says to Job, like, and if you want to throw in, like, an allusion to some type of, you know, uh, a literary, like, Chaucer, well, not Chaucer, I'm using Chaucer, but... <laughs> I, I need to I need to rewatch that show. It really minus, is still minus, great. Minus the last season, I wasn't a fan of that at all. I didn't watch the last season because it came out right after the Jeffrey Tambor stuff, and I'm like, I don't need. Oh, at some point, I heard it wasn't that good anyway, too. But even the fourth season was really good. I rewatched that like bef- uh, a couple years after I first watched it. Um, anyway, Wait, the fourth season was what when that was the one where it was them all separately, and then the fifth one came out even after that. Which is the one where George Michael's at like UC Irvine and shit, right? No, that's the fourth season. Oh, the fourth, I, don't, I thought the fourth I don't think you watched season. the fifth season at all, is what I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, I, I, I did it. Yeah. I did not. No, not many people did. Um, anyway, uh, so they're laughing a lot because he gets confused when the one uh, police officer says, uh, tell him I said hi. He thinks that he means right now. I mean, that she means right now. Um, but uh, yeah. the guy in the middle um, named, uh, what's, his, what's his name? Will, oh, Captain Willis. Is he's not, not in the middle. He's on the right. No, he's not. He's in the middle. Captain Willis is, on, is in the middle. Um, anyway, uh, so Mr. But Mr. Wills is uh, Captain Wills is in the middle. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, fine, whatever. But yeah, he's the one that basically throws cold water on it. He's uh, he's familiar with the tale of Adrian Monk. He's familiar with all of the struggles he's had since you know Trudy died, and I'm sure he's aware of some of the weird stuff that has happened over the last eight years uh, mm-hmm. of his consulting with the San Francisco Police Department. So mm-hmm. he's a little bit more hesitant about uh, reinstating our friend, our pal. Yes. And he, I think, is right. We've joked a lot about how Monk shouldn't be reinstated. He is uh, actively, he has problems. Like, he's just not, uh, he's not really cut out for it. And he's not wrong. No. Yeah, he's so, not wrong. So they're going to have a final result uh, after the weekend. But a monk then is with Natalie at a crime scene. Um, and he notes that Hank Henderson got his badge back and he shot his partner. Um, which, you know, great stuff. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all, though. I mean, come on. I, if you know feels like, it feels like the joke definitely... Because it, this must have been like just a year or two after the Dick Cheney thing. And I feel like there's a lot of people shooting people and not having any consequences um you know sounds uh, familiar yeah minus the joking part yes uh and you know monk natalie's trying to be be on the bright side like you know two to one two of the people like you one doesn't but we have more bigger things to fry right now um there was an armored car robbery the driver's in the hospital and the guard is dead um so uh they got to get to work yeah, so so that's the case, and they're kind of going over the stuff, and they're you know they mentioned that it must have been kind of like a flubbed kind of deal because mm-hmm. uh, the, the the car was driving late, mm-hmm. and if I know anything from playing GTA Five, it's that it's super suspicious whenever a um, a, a, a guard uh, armored car is like late to anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not to say that they're in cahoots with the two guys, but 
Um, I, just I mean, they aren't is. canonically, but yeah, that is actually a good point because, like, in every bank robbery movie, the whole thing is that, like, an armor card can never be even a minute late because that's immediately raises eyebrows. And I don't know how it would get an hour late. Right, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about that the whole time. Um, I mean, yeah, anyway. I, 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 well, I have played GTA, of course. My reference to for Armored Cars is the American cinematic masterpiece that is Den of Thieves. Um, and they are, uh, that whole, the whole thing is that they have I to I thought you were going to talk about Heat or something. I no, Heat is, no, Heat, Den of Thieves is, like, it's B, it's, okay, I was going to say B minus Heat, but it really is C plus at best Heat, and which is why it's also great. <laughs> so, so would you say Den of Thieves is... Wait, have you not seen Den of Thieves? No, I'm not. So you would, would you like because it's it's so it's stupid heat, which is great. <laughs> okay, so is would you say Den of Thieves is to uh, heat, heat as Mafia is to like The Godfather? Yes, I guess, but not. It's not as one to one because the thing is that like Den of Thieves is it has a lot Let's of the see. same elements as Heat, but it's also like a little different with some of the storylines. The thing that's important though is that. In the way that Al Pacino is giving a "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" performance, Gerard Butler <laughs> gives that same level of performance. Um, he just pops off randomly and starts yelling, like just doing shit that makes no sense. You don't understand his character's motivation from scene to scene. It's really great. Um, at one point, he confronts his ex-wife randomly at a friend's house. Just and it's not important for the plot. Just a great, great movie. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Um, so it's it's, one, it's a movie that somehow was made at a decently high budget where the second build is Pablo Schreiber, which, like, that's really, uh, sometimes... Speaking the bottom of the barrel? I mean, I think Pablo Schreiber's a really talented actor, Whoa. but in terms of famous people, but... By the way, weirdly enough, <laughs> Den of Thieves, I guess the guy who plays the main bad guy in, in this episode was also in Den of Thieves. Oh, shit, what's his... Oh, I don't Maurice Compt? Compt? I don't rec... I... Oh, I think he might have a beard in Den of Thieves. I don't, but he's not an important character. Um, he's de- he's Detective Benny Borracho. Mar- yeah, the other detectives aren't really that important. It's mo. Jar Butler really kind of steals all the detective scenes. But anyway, um, so the, apparently the guy, the two ro- robbers had ski masks and rifles, and they got off with nine hundred thousand um, dollars. And there's no prints anywhere. But Monk thinks of a place that there might be prints. And this always is good. Remember, this happens a number of times in Monk, where Monk deduces a place that there would be prints that people normally wouldn't look. Right, yeah, and it only really is a thing because, like they mentioned, um, the armored car showed up late, so they obviously had a plan to be waiting for them, and mm-hmm. ob- since they were being late, they needed to keep feeding the meter. Luckily, they were in a part of town where there was metered parking, mm-hmm. um, and so he he tells them to check out the, the coins in the meters, that that might be the case, um, that they had to keep you know putting coins in. Mm-hmm. So uh, they look. They looked. They get the friends people to take a look at the fingerprints. Obviously, they're probably there. But Monk notes that he's not going to have trouble being reinstated because he's not a schmoozer. How do people schmooze? Now I don't know about you. I think I'm a great schmoozer, and I think that that's. I think that most of life is schmoozing, and that's not a good thing generally. But I'm glad that it is, given that it's one of the few skills I have. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of attending any sort of event that I possibly can. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just getting my name out there, letting people know I exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'm a good uh, social speaker, I would say. Yes, as long as they I haven't have... had too many cocktails. Yeah, that's true. That's just true as well. It's there's just I think people don't realize how much. I think a lot of people who are like frustrated by certain things don't understand how much easier it is that people when they think of you are just like ah that, that guy's a good guy like that <laughs> just makes life so much easier and one thing it's not fair it shouldn't be that way but it is it does just make everything in life easier and monk of course can't do that unless he pulls out his index card and says you want to hear some swear words 
Yeah, unless they're like super into like uh, self-cleaning vacuums or um, you know uh, spring water uh, specific brands, you know stuff like that. That's in his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and uh, he Brandy shows up and he is dressed uh, like he is fully ready to go camping. Um, he's got a big bag, um, and it's because he's doing something in the for the outreach program, Buddies in Blue. Um, yeah. I feel like Randy has been involved in like six differently named outreach yeah. programs. <laughs> They're never I the mean, same ones. He's a good guy, at least you know. Yeah. He's, uh, he can be uh, borderline a sex pest, but uh, you know mm-hmm. he's he's out there. For Not the of late though. He's they recently, they definitely toned down the sex pest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that like after he's he's just a, a, a like a, a mac. At at some point, he's mm-hmm. just dating all around instead of being thirsty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, they're taking four kids camping. Um, it's like a real fun event. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're leaving tomorrow morning, but he's wearing the backpack because he wants to get acclimated, which is such a randy thing to do. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, and, and he, uh, more than that, he, he needs some help. Uh, he's the only person going on there, so he wants another chaperone. So he asks his good old pal, Leland Sotomayor, if he wants to tag along. And, uh, Leland says he doesn't. And uh, Randy assumes that he must have plans, or he's going to a funeral, or um, mm-hmm. or that, he's sick, right? Or he's sick, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Sotomayor tells him that neither he's zero for three on that. Yeah, he just doesn't want to come. Um, but uh, they then notice on the ground some peanut shells, uh, and they're not in a Five Guys Burgers and Fries, so this is notable. Um, and yeah. uh, they're twisted off rather than broken in half, which. Uh, is something I never thought about how I break peanuts in half, um, but I usually just do it like half long ways. But apparently twisting it. Yeah, is... like you crack them along the side, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the top comes off. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I love eating peanuts and just throwing them. In. That's a great thing about going to like a ball game, you know. Yeah, just throw them or go or being in a Five Guys Burgers and Fries. Those are really the only two places in American life. I just found out something recently about someone. Hold on, let me mute because that's loud. What? I muted because it was like a loud helicopter. Oh. Oh. Um, I, I just found out that this one guy who I actually, he's like really good friends with, he's a good mutual friend with a lot of people. I can't stand him personally. Mm-hmm. But he recently admitted that up until like a week ago, he would eat his sunflower se- sunflower seeds with the shell. That's just, that's despicable. Which just makes know. me, just makes me think that his fucking colon must be cut up and like. Yeah, that ugh. is like truly like. I bet if he goes to the doctor and gets a colonoscopy, the doctor will come out with freaking PTSD. Like, the horrors I've seen. <laughs> yeah, he's just going to be like, are you, like, fucking eating glass on the side? What's going on here? Yeah, I, that is just, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> no. I'm know. always fascinated to learn about people's weird things they didn't know. And obviously, it's when it happens to you, it's incredibly embarrassing. But, like, yeah. it is just one of the most fascinating things. Um yeah, that that's one of the worst ones. I'm trying to think what the worst one I've ever heard was. Like, in I think person. the worst thing for the worst thing for me is that I beside I, I think I used to swallow my gub up until I was like five, and then I also used to swallow my toothpaste like the first couple of years I was like brushing. My, my teeth. I can tell you that my mother was way too neurotic to let us eat chew gum on, by <laughs> before we were five. <laughs> that just was not gonna happen. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. The, the worst thing of it is that I can't tell you what the dumbest thing I don't know is because I probably haven't learned the truth yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't know until you 
no. I remember there was, I remember uh, my freshman year of college, one of my roommates, no, I think my sophomore year of college, one of my roommates asked me why I was waiting for the water to boil before putting in the pasta. And I'm like, because how am I supposed to know how long it's going to take? You can't put the pasta in while you're, before you boil the water. I mean, I suppose you could, but anyway, that was a fun thing to explain mm. that to him. Anyway, so uh, Monk decides, though, that uh, he's going to go to um, go camping because he learns that one of the kids going is none other than Brian Willis, uh, whose dad is Captain Willis. Yeah, so uh, instead of schmoozing it up with adults, uh, he's going to schmooze it up with uh, the kids. Uh, I guess he finds more of a kinship in them, which, you know what, fair. I, yeah, I can't relate. Um, I hated talking to children when I was a child, which surprised no one. Um, And it's why uh, I was insufferable. Um, And so... Natalie's not enthused about this idea, but anyway, she he's convinced he's going to do it. Because um, he's like, he's she, he's going to smooth Brian up, and he's going to come up with stories about how great Adrian Monk is, etc., etc. So then we cut to uh, Randy. He's loading up the van, and uh, Will comes first. And this kid, I fucking hate this kid. I, I, I wouldn't have been that mad if he got eaten by the bear. I'm just going to be completely frank. I don't... Not to mention the fact that, did you see the credit on this kid, who the actor who's played this kid's name is? No. He's the actor, it's no one famous, his picture is from this episode. The actor's name is David Cronenberg, but with a K. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, similar vibes, similar vibes. Yeah, he definitely, I just, when I was a kid, I hated the kid like this. Just, on any like, sort of event that was chaperoned by adults, the, this type of kid would ruin everything. He'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ, man, we gotta go, Start, get off the fucking van. Anyway, I was a lot of fun. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. And then uh, the next kid comes up. I think Norman is his name. He's playing a PSP. Shout, remember the PSP? Shouts to that. Um, uh, I don't think I ever played it. but Oh, no, I did. I did play like FIFA on there, but it was my friends. Yeah, we were... I always preferred the DS. I was never a big portable gaming guy, though, because I just, you know... Because I, I wasn't out and about enough where I really needed to. It's just like most of the time when I wanted to play video games, I was at home. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, then, exactly. Uh, yeah. And then uh, we see... Um, a kid with a plant. I forgot his name. He's not important. I think Nick is his name. And um, and uh, then Monk shows up, drops off by Natalie, and gives him his supplies, which include wipes, extra wipes, mm-hmm. backup extra wipes, and extra backup wipes. Yeah, and you know, um, I, I guess we should just get into it here. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we probably have we discussed it. There's been camping on the show, right? No, never. Yes and no. There was where well, they went to a cabin, but never camping, camping. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I'm. I just. I have. I'm not against it as an idea. I just, as a person, do don't do well in the outdoors because the the few places that my OCD overlaps with monks is in stuff like this, like is with dirt and stuff, all that. And so I, I have trouble. I legitimately do have trouble like doing anything outdoors with. Uh, it it just is not great for me and besides that i'm just not a very outdoorsy person a lot of outdoor activities i'm not a huge fan i don't mind like going for a short hike or something like that as long as it's you know in an interesting place and there's people i like around um uh-huh. in terms of full-on camping um i've never been fully camping in like the woods i remember we would go every year to um uh my great uncle's hat my great uncle had a, like a, a lodge in upstate new york where uh that seems legit though all no but but we but everyone would camp in like the in the he had a huge property and we camp on the property. Um, so it was like, it was the same thing as it wasn't quite, we were in the middle of nowhere, but like we definitely were all intense and we had to use an outhouse, etc. 
Um, and that was enough, but it's just not something I'm particularly enjoying, but that's more of a me problem than it is a camping problem. I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm enough of an adult to admit that I just don't like it. Not that it's bad. How about you? I fucking hate camping. Uh, yeah. straight up. I can't stand it. Um, when I was a kid, I, I didn't mind. I mean, we went to like Yosemite, mm-hmm. um, and that was cool. Um, I went camping in Joshua Tree, less cool. Um, but that also might have to do with the fact that I, all I did for 24 hours was drink tequila and eat, uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms. Yeah. I, my bad experience with Joshua Tree, I remember I was hanging out with my cousin and he was really into U2 and wouldn't stop playing it. Um, oh God. I, you know, I should have known cause I'm like, this motherfucker's never been to California. There's no yeah, fucking no. chance. I, that actually, I, it, I think is I do actually have a cousin who is into U2 and once did play Joshua Tree. It wasn't that much of a problem. I don't dislike U2 enough to care. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't like camping because I just love being inside. And that's not a good thing. I think that in terms of, like, what's good and bad of bad people, like, outdoorsy people probably are better adjusted. And when, you know, the shit hits the fan, I'm fucked. But I'm just not a fan of camping. And in the same way that, like, I always feel like... How about glamping? Glamping? I mean, that then I would just feel bad. Like, I'm someone who I don't like to do things. I don't... I, I very much hate doing, like, pretending like I'm doing something rough. Or like anything like that. Like I would rather just not even bother with camping than to glamp, because then I'm just like, because it's just not for me. You know what I mean? Like I would just be embarrassed about that. Because um, it's also not even like I'm enjoying the what I'm doing that much. Because if I actually liked camping, I would just go camping. You know? Um, yeah. Now like going in like if I were a, I remember we used to go when I was still living in New York as a kid. We would go to um, uh, Jellystone, I think it was called, which is like a uh, like a campground. Yeah, it was a parody of, you know... Um, Yellowstone? <laughs> yeah. I think that was called. Uh, it was like a Yogi Bear-themed campsite, and we would get, like, a cabin that, like, had running water and stuff like that, but it was in, like, you know... And it wasn't... And it, but it, the thing I liked about it is that we, it wasn't, we weren't lying to ourselves about what we were doing. We weren't saying we were camping. We were in, like, a forest, and we were outdoors, but we weren't... We had a toilet to go into, you know what I mean? It wasn't... And that type of thing I enjoy. I don't, I don't need to uh, shit in the woods. Anyway... So, uh, Monk is not, speaking of pooping, pissing, and shitting, he doesn't have a canteen, um, because he's not going to be drinking. Yeah, he's not going to be drinking, he, he ain't going to be sleeping, um, he's, uh, luckily for them, I think it's a 24-hour trip, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that seems more doable, but yeah, he does, he doesn't want to drink or do any of that stuff, because he doesn't want to start the machine. That is, it's a lot like me, uh, anytime I know I'm going to see a, a long Marvel movie, I stop drinking for a couple hours before I go, um, because I have the world's smallest bladder, um, mm-hmm. that's also well another problem with camping. Yeah, we know this, it's one of the, my main traits, it's like Jay Christie, white, male, OCD, small bladder, like those are the four things you need to know, um. NYU. NYU, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we then see Brian show up. And I'll be honest with you, Brian's dad just fully sucks. I fucking hate this guy. Um, Where have we seen, We've seen him several things, right? Wait, yeah, his name's Wade. He gets the end credit, so I'm not really sure. Let me look it up. His name's Wade Williams, which he sounds like. Wade Williams sounds like a middle reliever for, you know, like the, the uh, Braves in the 90s. But um, let me see what is he's he, been in. Is he related to uh, Wendy Williams? Uh, it would be really fun if he was. He's in Aaron Brockovich. I don't recognize him from that. Uh, I've never seen that. It's uh, actually not bad. I mean, it's a cheesy story, but it's a Steven Soderbergh movie, so it's good. Um, and yeah. I have no earthly idea what, what he did to get the end. I don't see anything before this that really was notable. Um, oh, you know what? He, he had a 
he was a uh, lead character, not lead. He was a starring character on Prison Break, which I never saw. But that's oh, I think, I think okay, that that's yeah. I think that that's where he got the end. Because um, pr- people forget that Prison Break was like the biggest thing in the world the f- when it first came out. Do you remember? Do you remember the when Frank Caliendo used to do like his impressions and stuff? Generally, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, there's like okay, a very specific one of him doing it uh, of Jim Rome. Yeah. And he was just like, have you guys heard about Martha Stewart's new show? It's called Prison Break. God. Jim Rome is someone who I don't think gets mocked enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim Everett should have really fucked him up. Yeah. I just, that, but also like, I remember that there's a great bit on the Levitard show where they'll sometimes make, stu- put Stugatz on a lie detector. And they put him on a lie detector once because apparently Stugatz once said that he was at the Super Bowl and Jim Rome walked into media, the media room and he, Jim Rome said out loud, Super Bowl week doesn't start until Jim Rome arrives. And they put him on a lie detector for that, thinking he just made that up. And he, that, it was true. Apparently, Jim Rome did say Super Bowl week doesn't start until Jim Rome arrives. Oh, my God. Jim Rome. Oh. He's burning. Anyway. I should have been. I feel like if you try to be in for Halloween, people would just assume you were just like, a sh- like not straight, but like a straight-laced version of uh, Guy Fieri. Yeah. That's honestly exactly what it is. Uh, like Guy Fieri with no sense of humor. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say this. They say this now that I think that the NBA should be ashamed of its actions. Because that's the thing too. He spoke like in the, in the whole like Jim Everett thing. He had a completely different manner of speaking. Like he completely remodeled himself to be like a dude. Yeah, anyway. Like a like a like a take like a takesman. <laughs> yeah, and like he has like the goatee and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, if you guys don't yeah. know who Jim Rome is, this is the worst section of podcast I've ever put. But if you do know, this is great stuff. Um. Anyway. Yes. So. Uh, um. Brian is complaining to his dad that he's always busy with work. And, of course, Brian is played by none other than uh, Alex Wolf. Are you familiar with the Wolf Brothers? Um, I'm familiar with him suffering out of his fucking ass in uh, Hereditary. Hereditary. Guy. Yeah, just really less... Uh, intru- okay, we talk about it a lot. Movie characters being down bad, he might be number one. He, it's accidentally, really bad. Got, he accidentally got his sister decapitated. He... Yeah. Uh, his dad got set on fire by like an evil force. His mom got possessed and chopped her own head off. And now he is like under the control of like a cult and like a demon. Just payment. really down bad. Hail payment, baby. Yeah. Um, just down bad overall. Um, geez, that movie is, no, I'm never gonna watch that again. Anyway, so, um, yeah, but also fun fact. I, the reason I think he's on the show is because his, did you know his mother also guest starred on the show? We talked about it. And Mr. Monk Takes Vacation, she, his mother plays, uh, Polly Draper plays um, the hotel security chief in uh, the episode where Monk Takes Vacation, the one with the toothpicks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, uh, so Monk's trying to smooth him up saying like, oh, that's your son. I, I know I love kids. I forgot to mention that yesterday. Is he your son or is he your younger brother? Um, and uh, yeah, Just Brian. Just really laying it on thick. Yeah. Um, and Brian is like, you know, you're only supposed to be a detective, which is, you know, a good comeback. Um, uh, and so, I think the, the, this episode, as much as it does, I think this episode would be significantly worse if Brian wasn't played by someone who obviously clearly is a capable actor. Because you don't, you don't, I think it's really hard to make a kid that is smart and like cutting without making you hate them. And I feel like you don't really ever hate Brian. You, and I think that that is just. I, I think that kids are so hate or often so hateable and things like this, and I think that the episode only works at all because Brian doesn't suck, you know. I hated his guts the whole time. So. Oh really? I, I definitely yeah. I I definitely didn't. I was on his side for most of it. Uh, 
But uh, also, I mean, also, I think I just hate his dad. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, fuck this guy. Um, now with the fish, I wasn't on his side necessarily. But the thing I did like, I think that it, I think the episode would be much worse if Brian wasn't immediately on to what Monk was doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if, if he right, was like, yeah, if he was gullible and like, oh my god, this guy really likes me, then I think the episode would have been dumb. But the fact he's like, no, you're an idiot. Like, you think that just you're gonna suck up to me and you're, my dad's gonna like you? I mean, I don't know if I've been poisoned by every other thing that's happened in this world since, but I just immediately kind of not cool with like adults and kids being like pals. Like, that's kinda, fair. Yeah. That is completely fair. Um, anyway, we then cut to Stamar talking to a woman named Winona, who apparently is b- girlfriend of one of the suspects named luke johnston um yeah, it's tyena baby from nickelodeon i sure i that doesn't recognize her what tyena and what chris her name is tyena on the show it was a show called tyena oh. it's christina vidal i think I she was think, also like on um on, i think like, that all that okay me i should recognize her i i that tyena that sounds a little bit before my nickelodeon time um but uh anyway so uh you know she's basically doing the whole classic like i haven't heard from them i don't know where they're at they're, they didn't do nothing you know um and so he basically somebody gives a message like tell him tell john luke and his brother that i'm gonna find them um yep and so then we see them all walking on the trail monk is spraying bug spray everywhere um and uh yeah he's really just he's struggling he's not in his comfort zone yeah, and it's, like, judging from all the sounds being made around, it sounds like there's, like, a ton of mosquitoes around. Uh, mm-hmm. I would be in absolute hell. Um, yeah. And so, you know, during this, like, walk over to the site, uh, Monk tries to, you know, butter up uh, Brian. And he, because he notices that he's listening to music on, like, his iPod or whatever the hell. <laughs> and he asks him, like, oh, what's, uh, like, what's your favorite band? I'm a particular fan of various artists. Uh, that's that's is, a good yeah, one. That was a good joke. Yeah, it's a great line. Just, just like his, uh, what, he likes rock. What was it like? Uh, he likes the rock music, or well, the... no, well, he went to rock shows as a kid, and yes. he was thinking about actual rock shows. Right, um, right, right. And uh, oh, yeah, and then this is where Brian says it's not gonna work, kissing my butt to impress my father. Um, you're the cop that went crazy, and the thing that he says, which is deeply sad, is you can't make him like you. I know I've tried, which like, oof, that's a man. Yeah, it's very. Um... Uh, Dr. Kroger and his son vibes. Yes, the difference, of course, being that I think that Dr. Kroger probably did his best. Where I, I guess the thing is, I, maybe just the way his look and his general vibe and, honestly, the fact that he's a cop, that I just don't believe... I think that this guy, this dad just actually sucks. I don't think that it's, you know... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I gotcha. Because Brian is, like, seems like he's willing and is not a dickhead for the sake of being a dickhead. Whereas Dr. Kroger's son's got, like, a lip ring and is just anti-authority or whatever. Brian yeah. just seems like he's mad that his dad doesn't love him. Um, whereas I think Dr. Kroger's son is mad that his dad loves him too much, if I had to take a guess. Um, yeah, probably. And uh, so they're, all the kids are hungry, and Randy makes a makeshift sundial, which I don't think that would actually work that way because he didn't establish which way is north. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if that's, how that would work. But uh, Hey, they're in Northern California, baby. Every way is north. That, I'm not, not scientifically for not not scientifically correct. Just just give me that. No, I yeah, it sounded good. That's why I thought about it. Cause it's like that sounds uh, the words in order, <laughs> but I think they're nonsense. But he said it with so much confidence that I think that um, I've got I've got conviction, baby. And so um, he, Randy points out that you know pioneers didn't use uh, watches or iPods, you know. Um, and if you're so hungry, go snack on those berries. Which of course Nick, 
who I actually recognize too. He's, I believe he's the male, one of the male leads in the 2020 horror movie Freaky, which is pretty good. Um, and, oh, uh, I've heard that's good, yeah. It is good. Vince Vaughn is really great in it. Um, Even though he's a shithead in real life. Sure, but he plays a serial murderer, so... And, well, he mostly actually plays a teenage girl. Um, and Catherine right. Newton, who I think is, you know, one of the be- biggest, best rising stars in Hollywood, plays him, the serial murderer for most of the movie. It's a body switch movie. That's how movies like that work. Um, yes. <laughs> and yes. so, uh, yeah, there's a great, actually a really great scene where Vince Vaughn, in the bot with he's the girl is inside right is you know controlling him where they have a scene and you're not gonna believe this you're gonna say no and if you're watching probably disagree with me that the his him and the boy who's in this episode who's the romantic interest of Catherine moon's character have like a romantic moment that's not like physical but like a heart-to-heart moment in like the backseat of a car and you do briefly forget that it's a 50 year old man and like a 20 year old kid anyway (laughs) um (laughs) Which is, that's how Vince, he's a good actor. You know, he's a shithead, but he's a good actor. Um, okay. And so, uh, yeah, the berries are toxic, and uh, they're going to get over, they're just trying to get over a ridge, and then they're going to make a camp. And then we cut to uh, Winona talking to Luke, and she's worried because Stalmeyer seems to be on their tail. Yeah, he's, uh, he, I mean, he's, he told them that he's, he's on he's to them, and uh, Luke and Dell seem to be very convinced that they won't be caught because they wore gloves. Um, but of course they didn't count on Mr. Monk, uh, being involved and they've got a little bit more evidence than they would think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so Monk is then once again, uh, trying to, uh, relate. To Wait, Monk. hold on a second. Real quick, real quick. Uh, also on the phone call, they mentioned that they are, they have dumped the guns that they use. Right. And, and, uh, they mentioned going up to a cabin and, you know, after the phone call ends, they reveal that they're going to Spider Lake because they yeah. still have some cleaning up to do. Yes. Right. Sorry about that. Then Brian and Monk's trying to soak up to Brian and he's, they full, because they find bullet shells on the ground, which we quickly realize is what they're looking for. And Monk notes, it's probably some jubies playing hooky. Do you play hey. hooky? I did. I was a real hood from the hood. <laughs> I think I, I think I might have missed this line. Oh, just I mean I love whenever Monk tries to sound cool. It's why I always quote the "I'm doing a nickel." Oh, okay. I thought it was like a like a how how do you do, fellow kids? Uh, well, voice. yeah, but that there's the same type of thing. But like, yeah, I was a real hood in the hood. Um, and uh, Brian and walks away and says, "Somebody kill me," which is the proper response to someone uh, saying that to you. Yeah. And so uh, the brothers Johnston arrive on the trail and they realize that the area that they're looking for. Uh, is currently being used by, uh, you know, the campers. Yeah, the buddies in blue and the yep. campers. Yep. And so then Monk is trying to set up a fire, uh, some firewood. A very nice fire. He's got the, all the the sticks arranged in a certain uh, arrangement, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's he gives uh, he lets Brian have take the reins of starting the fire, and of course he proceeds to just kick all the fucking sticks everywhere like a total prick. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that's all happening, uh, one of the kids caught a fish. Uh, you know, never been fishing. I've actually always been very curious to go fishing, but I also feel like I would be deeply bored by doing that. Yes, I have never been fishing either. I mean, I've been in the presence of people fishing, but it's just never been. I don't think is I just don't come from a very outdoorsy family. So, like, I think that there's a lot of things that... Um, because it wasn't even like by family members that were going, doing outdoorsy stuff. And I was like, no, I want to stay inside. It just was not something that we did that often. Um, and so, uh, yeah. I catch the fish. And they, part of the, the fishing rod, though, involved is a shell casing. Um, which, uh, 
you know, that's always fun when you're a child and you find a shell casing and you utilize it to fish, you know? Um, I mean, if I if it were me, honestly, I would just use a shotgun to fucking fish mm-hmm. and then just have to take all the little fucking pellets. Yeah, def- that's definitely worth the time and effort that it would take. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, especially because like, actually, sorry, I don't want to advocate shooting fish. That's no, I would also think it's also a bad idea, especially with a shot. Of all the things, a shotgun I think would probably be the worst because they're the amount of penetration through the water it would not because they're all so diffuse. I don't think you'd actually the fish would have to be pretty close to the surface in order for you to kill it with a shotgun. I think, but it, it would be fucking badass, would it not? Oh, absolutely. I but I, I'm not saying you shouldn't do. I'm saying you need to use like a sniper rifle or something like that, like someone with like <laughs> with like good sniper. rounds. Go, go go fucking no scope on it. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, bear fifty cal. You you bring you bring a ladder. You do a ladder stall off of it. Turn around and use a bear fifty cal in the water. Three sixty no scope. Mm-hmm. Yo, you get me with a, a fucking sniper rifle and put that fish on rust. Man, no scopes out the wazoo. Anyway, Woo! uh, CS yeah. talk. I, I mean, I actually, I'm talking Call of Duty. Actually, sorry, I didn't. I oh, didn't sorry, that. I heard, I heard dust. Okay. No, I said Rust, which was the Modern Warfare 2 map that was the smallest one, which I most people play no scopes on. Um, okay. Yeah, shots that I was never good at sniping, so I never really played. Um, and so, uh, um, Will is doing the thing that kids love to do, where he wants to try Randy's gun. Um, and uh, that's when the brothers Johnston realized that, oh, no, these, this place is crawling with cops. Um, yep. And uh, then we cut to the night where Randy is telling a story about the Spider Lake maniac. Yeah, they're getting to their campfire tales. And, uh, you know, Randy starts talking about how not too long ago, uh, you know, there was this uh, maniac who escaped from Lassen Clinic that's mm-hmm. close by. And, of course, Monk, being the fucking know-it-all, uh, you know, starts fucking up the details and basically telling that the Lassen Clinic has been out of service for a while. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Disher tries to, like, make up for all of his, uh, you know, pouring cold water yeah. on on the details. And eventually, yeah, well, he mentions that the maniac had a razor-sharp hook for a hand instead. And Monk tells him that, uh, well, it was probably prosthetics, you know, we're in the day and age where that could be the case. And Randy gets all pissed off and he gives up and basically says that oh and they all lived happily ever after or something like that right well, yeah because basically monk was like you know we they probably would be on he, he was probably bipolar they have medication for that now um you know he's on prozac um on Lexapro, i think he says and then yeah, we learned that we learned that will is on xanax um clearly not working um yeah and uh and then so randy gives up and says okay yes and now he lives in a public housing project with a cat which i understand that makes a bad story but you know it, i that's a win for the for the the public health system you know what i mean if a guy that could have been a crazy hook murderer ends up living in public housing with a cat that's a win i think yeah especially in the bay area it could end up a lot worse exactly i mean i don't know if you guys know this but there's a film that we both love that outlines how bad it could get in the bay area uh if there's a crazy person on the loose um yeah it's called zodiac it is yeah learn about it now um so uh monk then makes fun of randy uh because brian says that's pathetic and Monk says, yeah, great story, Professor Lamo. Um, yep. Which is, for Monk, is a good insult. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm i not going to lie. I, ch- I definitely ch- chuckled uh, yeah. upon that. Yeah. And so they have to get all the food off the ground because they're about to go to sleep and they don't want bears. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it's like what they say in the film Anchorman, you know, bears, they can smell it. Um, except they're not talking about food and that. I don't know why I went down that road. Um, and so... Monk and Randy are sitting by the fire, fire and looking up, and it's like, I can't believe this is the same sky 
and Monk apologizes for uh, what he said. And Randy realizes what's going on. Um, yeah. And Monk asks a question that I think that this is this is some good final season writing. I think. Of, yeah. Yeah. He's just like, how do you take it? Like, we all make fun of you, and people, you know, give you shit all the time. And, um, you know, we learn, we basically learn his secret. Yeah, that uh, once upon a time, or that, yeah, so Randy reveals that he, he definitely it got under his skin, like, the first few years he was on the force. And it wasn't until uh, one day when he was uh, at a scene of, uh, of a really bad accident. And, um, and he saw a bumper sticker on the car involved, and it said happiness is a choice and mm. ever since then he's chosen to be happy which you know power to you my man like yeah. life is life is painful i yes. I, 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 can, I i don't can think i don't think that happiness is fully a choice but i think that a thing i have learned over the past couple years is that your happiness is significant that your the, the circumstances of your life are actually the least are not the least important but is not the most important thing in determining whether or not you're happy. I think that that is a true, honest, like, I don't know how, how if you feel that way, but I feel like there, especially during the pandemic at the worst of it, when I was, I was, there are times where uh, I was being mentally a lot better when shitty stuff was happening to me than I had been even when things were going well, because it's, uh, you know, I, your, your internalness is the most important thing about whether or not you're happy. Uh, so I think that Randy is right. Um, you know. I think in, in most cases, yes, it is. Um, yeah, of course, of course, if you really have something really shitty, obviously. But, like, what, I guess what I'd say is that specifically, like, you know, when I got diagnosed a couple months ago with celiac disease and could never eat bread ever again, which really sucked, I was doing better on that day than I was when I was, like, you know, just out of college and starting up and I was living in with my brothers and had, like, I, even though on paper my life was better then because I didn't just get really bad news, I was in a much worse place mentally, so I was feeling worse. You know what I mean? That, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, so the moral of the story is, uh, take all of your life advice from bumper stickers. So that's why you should always coexist, and then if, if you're, and, uh, if you're Calvin, pee on Fords. Right, and, um, and so, you know, Monk, you know, takes a moment to, uh, digest what he just said, and he mentions the fact, like, wait, you were at a P300? Mm-hmm. Isn't that, like, a, like, a fatal, like, uh, car accident kind of thing? Is that what it is? Uh, Yes. And he's like, yeah, it was a bumper sticker on the burning Subaru or whatever. Mm. And so, yeah. yeah. Which is actually a hole in his story because he says it was a husband and wife, but that doesn't make any sense. If it was a Subaru, it would have been a wife and a wife. But anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, I remember the first time when I was like 10 years old, my uh, cousin, my second cousin's husband, this is I know, was, we were all, it was like my mom's extended family. And my mom's cousin's husband was uh, talking about how he's driving us. He has like a, got his new Subaru, and his daughter's husband, who was a really funny guy. But this is, I think, when they were still just dating. So it was like, my, it was a guy who was like in his 60s, his daughter's boyfriend, or maybe they just got married, which is like, oh, Joel, I didn't realize you were a lesbian. And this was like a big family dinner, and like he was the outsider. And like the vibe was like, I'm, I was the first time I realized that you could be funny in front of people, and people didn't know how to react. Cause it's like, we're not, the, even though my immediate family breaks each other's balls all the time. But on both sides, my extended family are not ball busters. So, like, it was like, oh, I didn't know you could make that joke. Anyway, and since then, um, <sighs> guy, love jokes like that. Nice. Yeah, nice. great stuff. Anyway, that was a big, this has been a lot of diversions. Because we haven't done this pod in a while, so we've got to get all the diversions out. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the brothers then creep up, and they, uh, they, steal from the, they steal food out of the bags, and they put it all over the ground. Um, and Monk is asleep against a tree. 
And when he wakes up, um, uh, I, I, it's, I don't know what to say. There's a bear. Yeah, there's a bear. Um, it's, uh, it's not a good situation. Um, it's a very big bear on top of It's a of grizzly that. bear. I, I'm not, yeah, it's a grizzly bear, which but I don't know. If it's know. a black bear, you're fine. That's yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they went camping. Um, it's stretching. I a looked it up. That I, 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 I looked it up briefly. Grizzly bears in California. I think there are grizzly bears in California in places like that. Um, not in like it had to be like in Yosemite or something. Let me see. Or in the Sierras or something. Are there are there grizzly bears in California? Oh nope, never mind. Yeah, uh, they're they're extinct. There used to be, but not anymore. I can yeah. I Google California grizzly bear and there's a species of bear called California grizzly bear, but there are none left in California. Yeah, I didn't think I knew that in most places in America there are only black bears, which black bears, as anyone who's been on my Twitter will know, are they're just uh, large dogs. Yeah, um, I, I should know because I think I killed enough of those grizzly bears in Red Dead too. Yeah, exactly. You, you're the reason why they're extinct. Um, yeah. And so Monk screams very high pitchedly, and then we cut to a few hours later, everyone's still running. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, Nick then starts yelling at Monk, um, that, uh, you know, if you see a bear, you're supposed to talk to him calmly, not yell. Which is like, dude, he saw a fucking bear. Like, I don't, I really don't like that this is framed as Monk being we- stupid. He saw a bear, of course he's gonna scream. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Um, it's, uh, I'm sorry, especially if it's a grizzly bear. Uh, yeah. one, you'd be shocked because yeah. where the fuck, I guess they're not extinct anymore. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it's the most massive fucking bear yeah. I've seen. The only time you shouldn't scream if you see a grizzly bear is if you're at Bonnaroo in 2010. Oh, jeez. I don't even know what that is, but... They're an indie sure. rock band that was big back then. I just fucking killed it. I just fucking did dismount. 10 out of 10 says the Oh, Grizzly Bear. Yeah. The band. Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. They all, yeah, they're all making yeah. fun of him for screaming and crying, and, you know, getting roasted by kids is probably the lowest of the low. Yeah. And they'll roast, and they're, like, middle school age, and that's the worst. You know, they're the, the most fierce. And Monk says, you know, I sound the alarm. I'm like Paul Revere. And... Uh, Brian says, like, Paul Revere's, Paul Revere's sister, which is sexist, you know. She could have been brave, too. But, of course, she didn't exist. Um, but now they're lost, because they were running for several hours. Right. Yeah, they, they're lost now, and we, we come across uh, Luke and Dell, and they're back at the campsite after successfully scaring them all off. And they're trying to recover all the spent shells that they had. And, uh, and we get, I, I hope, I think it's probably the last call to the Randy Disher project. I think um, so, yeah. And that's unfortunate because, yeah, we hear Randy's phone going off. And, of course, it's uh, I'm Mama, I'm Free. What is it called? Babe, uh, I, don't need, I think it's Don't Need a Badge, Baby, I'm Free. It's the one that was in parentheses. Yeah. But, uh, I don't right. need a badge to do the wrong from right. I don't need a badge to help me sit through the night. I'm sorry. Um, is, that, is that on Spotify? It's probably. I mean, either it's on Spotify or, like, you need to, like... Uh, Go on a playlist? No, you need to, like... Send uh, a postcard to like a address, and they'll send you back it in like a hidden in a magazine. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, so it's a call from Natalie, and they, he opens up the phone, and he sees that he sees a photo of Nick with the shell on uh, the wire. So they know that the, that the kids have a shell. Yeah, uh, and they are shell shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Uh, and so go back to the to where they ended up after they're running the, out of the campsite. And, you know, they were kind of all arguing about what they're going to do and all that crap. And in the middle of all that uh, hullabaloo, uh, Brian 
uh, catches a humongous fish. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knew? Who knew he had it in him? Uh, mm-hmm. Fish apparently seems to be at least 100 pounds, but gauging from what we see later on, no fucking chance that's true. No, no, definitely not. I also actually, actually don't think that fish is 100 pounds. I think Monk is saying it because he wants to make him feel better. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a big, it is a big fish, though, especially for a lake. Um, and so he, you know, he really wants to show it to his dad, but everyone else is like, no, that's, that's lunch. We have to eat it. And he says, no, I'm keeping it. It's our lunch. No. And what Monk points out is that possession is nine-tenths of the law. And so since he has the fish, you know, it's his. Um, and in the f- woods, it's ten-tenths of the law, actually. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I don't know how much time they have to cook the fish until it's, like, not no longer being able to eat. But they don't have a fire going. Uh, they no. need to gather all the wood still. So, I don't know. It just doesn't seem... Yeah. I think you probably could. I think it probably give me an hour. I'm not sure. I'm not... Uh... An expert on uh, depends depends how raw you like your sushi. Yeah, I I mean I wouldn't eat sushi out of a lake. Um, probably a great way to get a tapeworm. Um, uh, you know, I that's something I think about too a lot. Like that's I've never eaten fish from a lake, and that's something I'm terrified of is getting a tapeworm. You know what I mean? Because that's just one of the worst things in the world to happen to you. I mean, unless you're trying to lose weight fast, and that in which case. Yeah, I think I've... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's actually... I don't know why I asked if you had something to say. There's nothing else to add to getting a tape from be bad. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, um, once you asked me if the worst thing to have in you, I was actually going to come up with quite a few things. Yeah, there, there are worse things than getting a tapeworm. But getting a tapeworm is just not... It's less than ideal is what I'll say. You're, you're down bad if you've got a tapeworm in you. Yes, yes. Um, and so we then... The brothers come up to them and are like, you know, uh, hey, are you guys all right? We were hunting on that ridge. And they tell him that the highway's two or three hours down a hill. Um, and one of the brothers, Luke, tries to buy the trout from Brian for 50 then $75. Yeah, which, you know, um, I don't know what the market price for trout this day, uh, these days are, uh, but I guarantee that's probably too much. Yeah, probably. That, yeah, probably. Um, and then we notice as this is going on that uh, Dell, the brother, is breaking his peanuts in half. Yeah, and uh, yeah, as we all know, uh, they are the guilty party here. Yes, um, and so uh, then Randy's phone rings, but because Randy's such an idiot, he thinks mm-hmm. that it, they're just fans. Yeah, and they have his ringtone, and uh, and he's just like, "Well, you're never gonna believe this, but I just so happen to be said Randy Disher of the Randy Disher Project." No. And um, and they got some kind of nervous because uh, they obviously are not familiar with the the catalog of the Randy Disher project, the and oof, they kind yeah. of yeah they kind of just scamper off uh, nervously after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, they yeah they run away, and Randy's none the wiser. But they, Monk and Randy both do notice the thing with the peanuts, um, and uh, so Monk is like, remember the armored car? You know, those are the guys. Um, and Brian says they'll be back, and they're kind of, they agree with that, and so, Monk wants the fish so he can get the bullet out of it, um, and then he's, Brian runs away, and Monk has to chase him, and this is when they split up, where Randy takes the other kids, and Monk chases Brian. Right, but we also established right before that, that, uh, because Monk asked Randy if he has his gun, and of course not, it's back at the campsite, so they are, uh, up Shit's Creek without a paddle, you might say. Up, Up Shit's Creek without a biscuit, is what I would say. Ooh, um, yeah, even better. And so uh, then Monk and Brian are tugging on the fish, and wouldn't you know it, uh, a grizzly bear shows up again. 
Yeah, and uh, it's not Bonnaroo 2015 or whatever the fuck. It's an actual bear. Mm-hmm. Um, I this has to be a real bear, right? It look. I don't know. It's composited in. It's okay. That's what it is. I'm, you can I was tell. Like, you can tell because the bear always stays behind the like the pieces of wood, and that they did they did that because they need they they do you want if you see something like that where you see something that would be unrealistic to have in the actual scene and there's like some type of prop in between the people in it it's that way that they know cinematography wise that you can, that monk and brian can never cross that threshold and vice versa so they composite it in by and it, the compositing is pretty good for tv in 2008 yeah so, yeah um, it's if you see if you see something prop something mm-hmm. exactly um and so monk then talks to her very calmly you know he because apparently that helps um because mm-hmm. oh wait they throw him the fish and he doesn't want the, the, the bear doesn't want the fish yeah he, he tosses it back kind of in the air and so monk starts to yeah talk to him softly and you know he kind of runs out of things to say and brian tells him like just tell him anything literally he's a fucking bear mm-hmm. and he gives them probably the shortest here's what happened mm-hmm. um in the history of the show yeah. which is basically just that uh the police recovered shell casings at the, the scene at the scene and I guess the week before, in the days leading up to the crime, uh, these two guys, uh, the brothers, uh, they were shooting off some shells in uh, the, the clearing, the campsite where they ended up. And they must have been caught in the middle of it and uh, by a park ranger or something. Mm-hmm. And they had to, you know, basically skedaddle. Yeah. And uh, they knew that they, after the crime, that they would have to, uh, cl- uh, you know, clean up their... Uh, the shells, their, because those shells yeah. could be tied to them. Correct. Yeah, they couldn't have that, and that's basically it. And um, and this seems to satisfy the bear because it just takes off. Yeah. Well, the bear they said we learn is bored apparently by the story, which you know. Right. Yeah. I don't know what what's going on in that bear's life that learning what happened with a major murder, you know, like that's oh that's too what well, bear news is bear or is bear learning, you know? Did a uh, freaking his friend Barry get his hand stuck in a jar of honey? Honey. Anyway. Yeah. Um. And so. Um, they uh the the brothers then see the rest of the kids uh and they're like gonna go after them i fully the thing i really want to think about is like and i wish that they had a moment of this where it's like and the answer might be yes but like are these two guys just fully willing to murder four children like they seem like they are i mean yeah I, i i could see it i could see it it is i mean i suppose it is an in for a penny thing but i don't think that that should normally involve killing children yeah, probably not, but, uh, you know, it's yeah. uh, a guy named Dell is involved here, so you can't really throw anything That's, off the table. Well, I, I, one of, I'll say this, my first podcast that I got paid for, I got associated with a network I got involved with because of an episode I did with a guest named Dell, who's one of the funniest people I've ever met, uh, and he, we had such good chemistry that I got picked up by Podcast Network, and you know what that guy Dell's doing now, and I'm not kidding when I say this, he is a writer for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and won an Emmy, so uh, oh, don't say bad things okay. about Dell's. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say he was in fucking jail. I was no, like, he's incredibly successful and uh, very funny. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, that, that, no, no I'm, gonna, I'm going to not second your thing about Dell's. Um, Listen, I do like one Dell, and that is Dell Taco. I, the Dell, I don't, I don't like Dell PCs. You know, uh, I'm a Dell for work. It's yeah. though. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, Randy then, he gets the drop on them, though, and he knocks the one out with a stick and then holds them both at gunpoint. And so then we cut to, they're arrested. Um, and, you know, Brian is, 
you know, he's happy, and he tells uh, Bunk that his favorite band is Mojo Wire, which I don't know if that's real, but... Um, it's no, sound- definitely not. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just use a real band. It's actually kind of weird. Um, but Yeah, they should have used, like, fucking uh, Grizzly Bear, clearly. Yeah, that'd um, be great. But, yeah, so... But also, Stott, when he gets there, he tells them that um, the DA called, and he's he, his day has been made, mm-hmm. uh, apparently, yeah. by uh, them solving the crime. And they're all proud of him, and Monk's hand is bandaged, and Nally asks why. And, of course, it's because his hand was inside of a fish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, and, they, they, and then, and then, and then, sorry, and then, uh, sorry, Natalie and Monk talk, like, a little bit after the fact, and Natalie asks if, uh, if he thinks the trip helped with uh, his reinstatement case. And, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so then we cut to the next hearing, and... Captain Willis had a change of heart. He's going to recommend Monk for reinstatement because he saved his son's life. And, you know, that's not that's no small feat. Now, the not prob- only that, and not yeah. only that, he challenged his son because um, mm-hmm. he's had trouble breaking through to him before, and for whatever mm-hmm. reason, Monk was able to do it in one day. Mm-hmm. But there's a problem. The other two board members, they're not recommending Monk. But there's a problem with that even, that Monk doesn't seem to understand this. Yeah, he doesn't understand it because the first hearing, you know, they were kind mm-hmm. of like, it seemed like they were in his pocket. Yeah, they were effusive. Voting for, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all about it. And for whatever reason, um, and probably for good reason, uh, they they can't support it. And uh, I think this is the part of the episode I hate the most because it's just like, all right, man, that just, I don't know. It just yeah, it's dumb. Too cheap I think me. that, I think, I don't mind that it happens the, fir- the fr- like the first couple times, but I think he should realize. I don't like that the episode ends with him not having realized. I think that that's yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so then he leaves, and they're at the uh, Stalmer to sure Natalie. I'll realize that he didn't get it, but he doesn't realize, and so he's skipping around. And the episode ends. Um, what do you give it out of ten? I gave it a seven out of ten. I gave it a seven point five. It's not what it's forgettable. Honestly, I, this might be the most forgettable episode of Monk uh, in terms of just like how late it comes, and it kind of feels like um, it seems like a season three, four episode yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you this, you know, the, the next episodes are, none of them are not important. All the rest of them are, ha- important stuff happens. Um, but before we get to that, uh, we're going to be able to follow you on Twitter. You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J Christie. Please review, subscribe, share the show with the biggest Monk fan in your life. We're getting down the wire. And more important than that, tune in later this week as we talk about Mr. Monk is the best man. Let's get monkey. I think I've done that before, yep, but let's we have. do it again. Let's Mr. Monk get monkey. Wedding. Yeah, all right, well. Let's get monkey.